This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 411, Grant Offenberger on Dynamic Storytelling. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. You are about to listen in on a conversation that I'll openly tell you went exactly as I expected it to be, however, may not begin exactly as you expect it to be. That Grant Offenberger is someone who I first really got to know by way of some sort of seemingly random interactions on Facebook and different groups, whether it was my Work Smart Hypnosis community or other groups that are out there. At one point, answering someone else's question, and you'll hear the story around this by tagging me, and linking to a video of mine that's over on YouTube, and then with no specific intention, uh, kind of reaching out and engaging in some conversations, which this was not the goal of it, but then eventually went through our Work Smart Hypnosis Live online training that we do. You can see the details of that event and all the upcoming schedules of them at WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. And somebody who I already knew had done some training in hypnosis, yet clearly had a very specific passion that was driving it. And you just meet these people who have a unique perspective, a unique take on the world. So if there's any sort of big promise that I can share with you in advance of diving into this episode, that you'll hear us have this incredible epiphany toward the end of this conversation, that it's only toward the end we realized this was going to be episode 411. So um, Grant's going to give you the 411 on dynamic storytelling. Boom. See that? Yeah, wish we realized that earlier, because man, that's clever. Instead, though, yes, dynamic storytelling. Yet, of all things, here come the sort of hooks to grab your attention of how the story of a lost dog became the official launch of his hypnosis business. The experience of a fascination and, let's say, more so of a curiosity as to what makes ideas and belief systems transform into movements and even cults, you know, like they often do, that then become the core story in terms of how people also produce change. That I look at that classic Wayne Dyer quote that when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at begin to change, yet also when you come at a concept from an entirely different angle, you often find a much more streamlined way of getting from point A to point B. How, again, Lost Dog became the official launch of a business. The way that he's been making use of local fairs and speaking opportunities to truly share what he does. And listen in carefully. I've told this story indirectly before, and I'll keep it brief here. Yet, it's the time that we brought someone in as a guest training. And even years after that guest training event, I still had 29 people raving about how amazing it was. And I had one person who continues to this day, every time I interact with him, tell me how much he didn't care for that other trainer's material. And from the same source of information, 29 went in a positive direction, one of them went in a negative direction, and let it now completely define his relationship with me. Or the lack thereof, if I can say it politely, because just enough is, it's 12 years ago, dude. So I bring, the reason why I bring this up is because... Grant tells the story here of a much earlier training or some other side events that he's gone through in his own continued education, and you're going to hear a pretty remarkable strategy of how to approach a training even if you find it might not 
be necessarily delivering what you're looking for. And it's something that that was one that I wrote down to go, oh, that's good. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to use that one. So, hey, uh, Grant, uh, thank you for that one. We'll put links in the show notes over at WorkSmartHypnosis.com. Again, this is session number 411. So we've made this easy for you. You can just go over to WorkSmartHypnosis.com forward slash 411. Type in those numbers. The only complaints I get of it didn't work are the people who tried to spell it out. We're not going to program both. Uh, so type in the numbers 411 as an extension after the forward slash. That'll take you directly over to the show notes for this week's episode. And while you're there, a big focus of this conversation was about creative applications of business. And I'd encourage you to check out this website, hypnoticbusinesssystems.com, which if you're a longtime listener of this program, it's in a few weeks. We are celebrating nine years of releasing these episodes. I've been doing this a while. So nine years of doing this program, and chances are you've heard me talking about a program that's called Hypnotic Business Systems several times. However, the long-term listeners, even those who are not yet members of this program, will also recognize that the story has changed. Oh, wait, the story became dynamic. Thank you, Grant. Over the years, because at one point it was just tell you what to do. Then it became show you how to do it, as there's several step-by-step -step tutorials, so it's kind of like sitting next to me in my own office and I'm showing you some of the technical stuff piece by piece. And then it morphed into use my stuff, that the benefit for all of you of shutting the doors of the Virginia Hypnosis Company after 12 years and moving to Orlando, Florida, where it's kind of silly to run it as Virginia Hypnosis, gave me the permission and sort of license rights emotionally to then say, hey... Here's this sequence of emails. Use it to get your clients. Here are these graphics that I've paid designers to create, and guess what? You can use them. You want to launch a digital program? Cool. Here's the complete transcript of one of the best-selling things that I've ever sold, and I'm just giving you that inside of Hypnotic Business Systems. Here's the step-by-step -step of the exact words that your clients and mine are already typing in the web to find what we do. So um, those of you who may be, have dragged your feet on this project over the years, well, now's the time because it's either a single payment or brief installment toward lifetime access, and then you own the program as well as any future updates that we add to it. Check out the details. You can get started on a very reasonable, very easy installment option. All the details, watch the video tours over at hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. And with that, here's the 411. See, told you we'd work that in there. Session number 411. Grant Offenberger on Dynamic Storytelling. So that first introduction in hypnosis, I was always entertained by influential figures and interested in them. Uh, infomercials, politicians, it was always so interesting to me. And I became really entertained and interested by cults. And I saw a video of Tony Robbins on Netflix and I wanted to check it out to see if Tony Robbins was a cult. And I saw what he was doing I thought it was really fascinating and I wanted to know more. I looked it up, I saw what NLP was and what it was all about, and I was really hooked in that. Then when I went to the fair, I saw a stage hypnotist there and I thought that was really interesting. And I wanted to learn both, so I tried to learn as much as I could through YouTube and reading different things. And as I got more and more information, I realized I kind of hit a, a block of learning more and so then I started to find classes that I could pay for and learn even more and learn how to do it myself. 
Yeah, took I'd a- love, to, love to kind of rewind back for a moment because, as you might <laughs> imagine, that um, introduction is not the uh, typical one that we normally have here. Though, um, if I can claim it already, 400 plus episodes in, it's one of my favorites. I'd be curious to ask, when you said I was entertained by, fascinated by, you know, influence, mm-hmm. persuasion, uh, things that may fit into a cult-like structure, h- how would you define where that fascination came from? What that was, what that was driving either away from or toward? Um, that's a good question. I know, right? We should record this. Yeah, you, sh- you should. You should do something with your life. Um, <laughs> well, what was it that drew me to it in terms of a pain and pleasure scale? I've yeah. Never really- well, I mean, in terms of just having the interest in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, I by guess- the way, th- this is a pre-frame to go into a, hey, me too, and I'll share mine as well. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I just thought it was really interesting at how one person could hold so much power over people. And I thought it was interesting how some people chose to use it for negative self-fulfilling gain and other people could use it to really change people's lives. I thought how you could do these simple techniques and you could either be real self-centered about it or really giving about it. And it was all just a matter of the person and their values. Was there a specific intention with it, a specific use that you had in mind or just kind of more... I'm curious at this. Let me see where this goes. Just pure um, curiosity and gratitude. Gratitude for learning how you could influence minds and learning how you can influence your own life through learning this stuff. Mainly, most of what it, what my life is is just curiosity and gratitude. I love that. Yeah, I'd share my sort of backstory to the same concept. Um, I feel like you and I are about to... I already knew you and I were going to bond at a much deeper level um, on this one. Which would be that the comedy mind becoming interested as the teenager in all things Monty Python and this journey of the history specifically of their movie Life of Brian, which won the fascination that people were protesting a thing they had not yet seen. So the people who were mostly out there holding up signs uh, protesting what the movie was perceived to be about had not even seen the movie. And then Second of all, how it wasn't directly, and this will give some insight as to why some were offended, uh, it was not meant to be a parody or a retelling of the story of Jesus Christ, yet it was a satire on a larger global conversation as to how new information can be introduced and rapidly become the truth, which, by the way, isn't that also the model for personal change? (laughs) True. I suddenly realized that the cigarettes don't fit in my life anymore. Therefore, I don't have to smoke them anymore. And that's this structure of belief. Um, I'm going to give a quick plug here just to a previous podcast episode, number 297 of this series with Chantel Neufeld, uh, who the episode is called From Cult to Freedom. Definitely one that's worth a listen. And it's I'd share the fascination was kind of akin to something you just said there that All communication is influential. All communication is persuasive. So if that's going to be happening anyway, you might as well do it ethically and intentionally and effectively at the same time. And that's a lot of vowels and it sounds close to alliteration. So then on that journey, and I mean, mine was one of magic and other interest. You then found this pathway into hypnosis and 
NLP. What what did that begin to answer for you? What did that begin to fill in the gaps of? So learning all these different things with hypnosis and with NLP, uh, at first it began to change my life, the way I communicate, not just with myself and my own mind, but the way I communicate with other people, with my now spouse, with the way I communicate with everyone around me. It really helps me resolve issues at a much more productive, faster rate. It's really made life a lot better just applying it into my own life. And then as time went on and I learned more and more and went to the classes, I was able to apply it to other people's lives and help them out. Yeah. So then what was the career path? What was the fascination before hypnosis really appeared? Before hypnosis appeared, I um, worked at restaurants making ends meet. I've always been fairly comfortable. Um, I make do with what I have and I lived alone with with my then now wife, then girlfriend. We made we made ends meet, of course, but it wasn't that comfortable. There was always better ahead, I could tell. So then was the interest of going into this for you mentioned seeing a stage hypnotist, you mentioned, you know, going through hypnosis trainings. What was kind of that first intention of then moving into this? Um, my intention was at least at first, it wasn't, oh, I'm going to make a career out of this. I'm going to make a lot of money. It was simply, I love this. I think this is super interesting. And if I go to this class, I can learn more of how they do this because I want to know how to do this. I didn't quite know if it would take me to a career path, if this would be my life. But the first class I went to was a weekend three-day class. And I remember the last day on our last break, going to the restroom and texting my now wife, texting her, wow, this was amazing. My life has changed. I don't know how my life changed, but I knew it was changed forever. Nothing was going to be the same. And that's true. Yeah, I love that. That's that's fantastic. I have a feeling there's a question I can ask you that I don't think I've actually asked anyone ever before on this program. So, uh, hey, Grant, um, don't let me down here. <laughs> that I know fascination with story fascination with movements of people from one set of beliefs to another. I've got a feeling that whether it's defined yet or not, it may about to become defined here. Is there a specific, let's say, subtext that you have in mind as you're now beginning work with a client in terms of what perceptions truly need to shift beyond what they've brought to the table of their specific goals? Well, I know when they come in with an issue, most of the time the issue is not the issue. Yeah. Most of the time they come in with a specific issue and there's a deeper subtext to it, of course. And that's kind of the trick of it, at least with me and my clients. They come in and they tell me everything that makes them suffer. And we go a little deeper and we find the real reason why they're suffering. And then I feel it's my job to create a better story for them. They're telling themselves a story of they suffer because of this. And if things were this way, it would be better. And it's my job to come up with a more entertaining story for them to latch onto a story for them to live their lives on. And that's basically how I view it is that a lot of the success I've found with finding new stories for my clients is just showing them that life isn't full of have tos. It's full of get tos. If you view it as I get to do this rather than I have to do it. It really, you're doing the same thing, but it changes it to a feeling of gratitude. 
You know the thing where they often say in coaching you're supposed to avoid the question of why because the word why puts people on the alert, puts them on the defense. Have you ever heard that before? Right. All right. So um, why do you use the word entertaining? <laughs> see, what I, see, see, see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, that's, for me at least, how I live my life. Everyone's got different stories, but my story is that's the purpose of life, pure entertainment, because... I mean, that's what everyone's doing. They're all looking for a way to entertain themselves. People don't like to be bored and they'll find all sorts of ways to entertain themselves, whether it's growing their muscles bigger at the gym, whether it's learning new things, whether it's suffering, whether it's becoming addicted to drugs, they're looking for something that changes up what they have now. They're looking for a form of entertainment is how I view it. And so I like to find the best way to entertain myself that also brings others up. Well, I look at the word entertainment and, you know, here would be the typical definition of that. And the same can be said for we can approach humor from different angles. Humor doesn't necessarily have to be the setup and the punchline, the joke. Yet, as soon as someone is looking at their issue from a different angle and they can't go back to the old way of perception, then there often is this laughter, which is just that catharsis, just that release. And... I'm just kind of branching off of this word entertainment because I love it so much uh, of how it's the stories that we are the most drawn to are the ones that we end up repeating the most. So if we can, let's paraphrase slightly here, uh, if we can learn to love a different version of the story better, that's going to overwrite the old one, right? Absolutely. I've got to ask here, is there a story that comes to mind of, of course, keeping it you know, private, of course, with clients. Uh, is there a story of a specific client journey that kind of illustrates this or even something that you've been through that illustrates this? I mean, I would say every client, what we're describing pretty much is reframing, reframing a situation. And that's pretty much every client. That's my whole job is to reframe things for them in a way that is viable for them, a way for them to latch on to. Like I remember when I was first starting out and I had someone who was afraid of flying. Well, when I was first starting out, I didn't know if I was any good at anything about this. I was just starting out and I was really nervous. And so it was my job to reframe flying as an enjoyable experience. And I got to learn about her life and how she lives it and her values. And it went from flying was a terrible thing where she thought she was going to die and she's grabbing onto her husband's hand, holding on for dear life, listening to music, trying to drown out the thoughts of anguish. And I got to reframe it as this is her time. This is her me time to relax. This is the only time she gets to hold her husband's hand and just be with him. This is the only time she gets where she gets to just listen to music and no one can demand anything from her. And she latched onto that and flying's been an enjoyable experience since. And there's plenty of different stories where it's taking it from a have to, you have to fly, to a get to. You get to fly. You get to do all these things where you normally couldn't on the ground because everyone needs something from you. What's really great about that is it sort of mirrors some of the principles right out of, you know, sort of Eastern philosophies around uh, your problems don't go away. Your problems just become more interesting. Uh, it's kind of the subtext of that book, which will lovingly censor here the subtle art of not giving a hello. Um, <laughs> that, you know, we were chatting before we hit record here and chatting by means of fixing some of the sound issues and dialing in proper volumes. And that 
just to relate to that, that could have been every reason to go, oh no, we're short on time, we're not going to be able to record this and get it released in due time, and instead it's the, hey, that's where we got to just kind of goof around and check levels and um, get oddly specific, where I say there's three different operating systems and here's your desired settings, because we've had to learn that over time. Uh, <laughs> I want to go into something that I know is part of your story, and I think this is in part the first thing I ever really learned about you, uh, which was that you sort of had this accidental journey as to where your clients first began to find you. Oh, yeah. So that's a fun story. Um, basically, I was driving down the street and there was a dog in the middle of the road. And so we stopped the car. I opened the door and he's a pit bull and I want him to come in so he doesn't get hit by a car. And I lure him in with the delightful treat of a brownie, just enough so he doesn't die from chocolate, but just enough so he doesn't die by a car. He gets in the car. After I'm afraid he's going to maul my arm off, we get him to the house and I post on my local city's community Facebook page that I found this dog and I'm looking for the owners. And I keep updating it with me having fun with the dog and everyone's rooting me on saying I should keep the dog. <laughs> How great of a human being I am. What a blessing I am for having fun with a dog. Apparently, it's a really good thing to do in this city. And as I'm posting, this is becoming one of the most popular posts on this community Facebook page. Everyone's seeing it, commenting on it, telling me what a wonderful human being I am. Past clients are seeing it and now singing me my praises, posting on that page about what a great hypnotist I am. And because of that one post about me finding a dog and trying to find its owners, they I got a ton of clients from people seeing that. People seeing that and just seeing I'm an authentic, good human being, they wanted to see what I could do for their lives. Now, at the end of the day, I found the owners and they said I could keep the dog. So everything worked out in my favor. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we need to reverse engineer some of this here. Uh, other than telling everybody, just pick up random dogs. That's just the trick. Um, no, that's exactly what you should do. I think we found the title of this week's episode. This is uh, Random Dogs? No. No. So how... <laughs> Yes, this was inside of a sub-community that was not your own. How can you kind of walk us through how they went from this guy is awesome slash he should keep this dog to I want to follow the story? I've got a feeling you might be also following this extremely specific story that I think is mostly on Reddit of the overweight gray cat named Cinderblock that's been walking on a water-based treadmill to lose weight and Cinderblock down a whole bunch of weight. Just you and me or just me? <laughs> I know All right, everybody Google this and um, there's your reason to join Reddit. It's worthwhile. But I mean, I've been following that story and the same as here were the people in your community who were following this epic quest of let me find this dog's owners. How could you define how they then figured out that, okay, this Grant guy also does this other thing and hey, that could help me? Well, I happen to have it in the background. It's on my profile that there I am a yeah. therapist, but I'm not pushing it on them. I'm not preaching it. I'm just existing and I happen to do this. And when they look me up because they think I'm a wonderful human, they see I do this and they see I'm not pushing it on them. So they see it as it's their own decision and their own choice that they want to see what hypnotherapy is all about. And since they know I'm a good guy, I'm a trusting person for them to test it out with. That is gorgeous. That is amazing. And 
Okay, since we started the conversation around persuasion and uh, cults, uh, <laughs> I have to ask, was that the plan at all in any way? Or did that become a, oh, that's what I just did? With the dog or with the cults? Uh, <laughs> with the fact that suddenly these people were finding your personal profile, connecting the dots and going, I bet he can help me with my fill in the blank. Uh, that was not the plan at all. I was actually just trying to find this dog's owners. It, things just happen to work out in my favor a lot. I'm obliviously good at certain things sometimes, and that was one of the cases. But then once I realized, wait, that worked out, then I can replicate it. I'm only laughing at this over here and trying to stifle it, so now I have to explain it in case the audio picked it up, that <laughs> there's an event I was at back in... Uh, back in April, so about a month or so ago. And it was, oh, we have a little extra time in the calendar. We normally don't do this. So would you all like it if we did like a Q&A for about an hour? And everyone loved it. And I knew the people organizing this event. This was not planned. However, the part that I'm like, I'm writing that down. That is amazing. It was just that, hey, I know we're going to have a lot of great questions. And I know based upon who's going to be answering it, which really doesn't matter for the context of this, they're going to go deep and give you some serious answers. Um, answers you probably wouldn't get anywhere else. However, can we just ask a favor? No one get up and do the thing where when you ask your question, you give a five-minute infomercial. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a question. My name is Jason Lynette. I've been hosting the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast now for over nine years. The entire theme of this company was built upon the premise of teaching hypnotists who already do hypnosis how to do hypnosis better, though, because I use that language that also draws in the people who are brand new to hypnosis and by featuring conversations like, no, no, just, yeah, uh, how do you build culture within your team? <laughs> and it's that people are smart. And they know exactly what you're doing. Um, I saw well-known business guy Gary Vaynerchuk one time give a keynote. And halfway through, he pulls out his phone, looks at it and goes, uh, who is? And he calls out a Twitter name and goes, who is this? Yeah. Okay, because that was tacky what you just did. Um, because you're trying to ride my fame to then get people into your audience. Uh, let me tell you how to write that instead so it would work better. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... Let them discover it on their own. So right there, everybody listening. Okay, so strategy one is basically house any random dog you find, um, mm -hmm. says Grant. And strategy number two is look at all the places that you can optimize that people will be looking. And it's where I resisted for years getting the website. I have it now, jasonlinette.com, because people find every creative way to not spell my last name properly. Uh <laughs> Step one, I own all the wrong misspellings and they all redirect to the right place. Do your best. It'll take you there. And the other thing, though, was this discovery of as much as it was stuff back in the day in like networking events or even on YouTube that was getting my name out there, the number, one of the top 10 keywords, I forget which one specifically, was my name, which let's reverse engineer that. It's people going, who is this guy? Let me check up on him. And... Over time, there's companies that actually charge for this. I've never paid for it. Um, hey, when I Google my name, this random article from 2003 shows up. No, it wasn't a cease and desist or an arrest. Um, but because um, you remove that from your site because it's interfering with my search results. And they went, okay. So that sort of brand reputation type thing where now I have facilitated everything that shows up on that first page when you look me up. So 
to look at that as the example, there's so many opportunities that we're just leaving on the table um, or leaving on the streets with the other doggies that need hubs. I knew we'd find a way to bring it back on point here. Uh, what what would you say would what it was kind of the was there a specific challenge to overcome along the journey of you know moving from that initial sort of rush of people to then now leveraging everything else to start to bring in that flow of people? Um. So at that time, I was getting like a lot of people messaging me, and it was a struggle to kind of organize it because this was new to me. And so after that, once I kind of organized everything, I was able to kind of make sure everyone had their designated day, make sure, oh, okay, this is the day I message people. This is the day I create content. This is the day I do this and that and organize each day out to do mass amounts of the same thing, basically message everyone this day, create this content this day. And since then, it's been a lot easier. It's been easier to figure out, okay, I write 500 words a day for my upcoming book. And then after that, then I'll message these people. And it's basically just having a calendar has been what's helped the most. Yeah. So sort of organizing it so that it actually gets done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, I'd love for you to tell, I'm breaking my rule here. I usually say when we start recording that this is not meant to be that tightly rehearsed interview of Jimmy Fallon going, oh, I heard you have a great story about a boat. Well, Grant, I, you and I go back. Uh, you have a story of appearing, was it a health fair? Was it a wellness fair? I went to, a, I appeared at a holistic fair. There we go. Same thing. Yeah. And I'd love to hear the details on that, just because, again, you're someone who, as I've seen it, just kind of finds your own organic, creative way to make something work. Right. So I saw it advertised and I went there without having a booth. I just went there to check it out, to meet the people, for them to fall in love with me, me to tell them I found a dog. And um, after that, <laughs> <laughs> I um, I got a booth the following month. I made sure to get everything ready. It's beautiful. It's all the exact shade of blue it needs to be and learn from the best about colors. And um, I needed to figure out ways to captivate the people. So I had a seminar that went very well. I had the seminar structured almost hypnotically and then a group hypnosis with element induction. People were deep in it. I was surprised that there was two people that wouldn't get out of it until some intervention. But I had um, a neuro-linguistic programming alphabet game on a giant board in the front of my booth. And that way I could for free teach them the NLP alphabet game. And with that, they're flailing their arms around, moving their legs, shouting the alphabet, and it's drawing a lot of attention for me. Oh, nice. So they're, they're having fun. I'm not a weirdo going, hypnosis, hypnosis, hypnosis. They're doing the advertisement, A, B, C, and everyone starts looking. <laughs> <laughs> Why are people screaming the alphabet and flopping around? And that gets more people coming over, and I teach them how to do it, and they win a free prize. I gave them a mala bead necklace so they could meditate on their own. They could do mantras or auto-suggestions. And so they're really encouraged to get these necklaces to flop around and give me more advertisement. And once they were there, I would just talk to them like they're people, because chances are most people are people. 
And I would talk to them and they'd get really interested. And I'd be like, well, I'm not going to do full sessions here because I can't ensure you're in full ecology here and it wouldn't be right. But I have these little hypnotic or subconscious games I can play for various staggered prices. So for $30, we can do the cube. For $60, we could do mindscaping. Uh, you can You can reach out to me and we'll schedule an appointment right now uh, for the future. And that's how I would do the the holistic fair was basically getting people to play a game in front of my booth that would draw more people over to me. And then I would sell them on other things if they were interested. And that also got me better business opportunities as well. Like I got booked for um, a very similar thing in Beverly Hills that's coming up. Um, I'm getting booked for another event, another speaking event in a store that's nearby there. I'm going to go back the following month. It was pretty successful with me having a ton of fun, meeting a lot of people, me making profit, and me teaching people stuff for free. That's so cool. That's so cool. Uh, I need you to break down a little bit more of the NLP alphabet game. Okay. So it's the alphabet. It's missing the letter Z. Everyone asked me, why is there no Z? I told them John Grinder must not have liked it. Um <laughs> Apparently, there's a lot more people that know who John Grinder is than I imagined because people are like, oh, John Grinder. And so they would read the alphabet out loud and there's corresponding L's, R's, and T's under the alphabet for left, right, and together. They would lift their hand and snap it by the designated L, R, or T as they said the alphabet. So A, B, C, you know, you get the gist. Once they got to the final letter, they would go all the way back and doing it again. And then they would incorporate the opposite leg. So if it was the left hand, they'd lift the right leg. If it was the right hand, they'd lift the left leg. If it was together, they could either do a dip or jump in the, in the air a little bit. And that got a lot more people interested in coming over too as they saw me demonstrating and I'm jumping around and dipping around and whatnot. And that's how I would show them how to do it and they'd do the rest. It was easier for me because I showed a lot of people how to do it for five hours straight. But other people would kind of have difficulty and they'd be excited when they finished and they got a free prize and it would help them kind of get to a peak performance state. And then they'd want to learn more on how to get to better peak performance states and how to really utilize their mind. Yeah, I love that because it's basically illustrating that communication can happen on multiple levels and many other metaphors can be drawn out of this too. And if anything, I think you may have just nailed, I think, the best pattern interrupt for drawing a crowd. <laughs> what's that oh having the people do the uh stuff for you uh, and uh yeah that's great <laughs> yeah one of the things i wanted to chat with you on here was mm -hmm. this journey of you're someone who i've seen like i didn't know the story of the original three-day training and i know you've done multiple different trainings over time you went through the one that i do along with richard our work smart hypnosis live event What's kind of that motivator for you in terms of looking at, you know, other learning opportunities, ways to further, you know, advance what you're able to do? So there's a lot. The fun thing about learning hypnosis and all this is there's so many different things to learn. I wake up and the first thing I do is learn something hypnosis when I'm in the car. I'm learning like it's nonstop just learning this stuff because I can learn sales, I can learn business, NLP sales, NLP for, for therapeutic reasons, conversational hypnosis. There's just so many subgenres to learn. And um, I like to teach myself as much as I think I can teach myself on my own. 
And then once I kind of reach that limit of I feel like I don't know what else to look up, then I'll find a class. I try to find something that's within my budget because of to this point forward, I've the only time I've ever spent more money than I've made in with hypnosis was the first class I took that was two hundred dollars. And so I like to make sure that they're that they have good reviews, that they're teaching something worthy of learning. And then I'll invest my money into that. And I usually get something pretty good out of that. If I'm not getting something good, I'm at least taking as many notes as I can. So I'm learning new words and terms so I can look it up myself. That's what I did with the first class that really helped me. And it taught me some good foundational things. And with writing the notes, it taught me how to get a lot better because I didn't know enough to help random strangers. And then I wrote all those notes and I looked up everything I wrote. That's how I found the Dave Elman induction because they briefly mentioned there is a Dave Elman. And so I looked up the Dave Elman induction and I found a video by a beautiful man named Jason Lynette. And he so perfectly taught the Elman induction. I thought this was amazing. He taught exactly how to do it, why you would do it this way and not that way, the whole structure and foundation of it. And I watched that video um, nonstop for a month, like, all the time until it was just ingrained into my mind. And so then I felt, well, if I can do this element induction, I can probably see people because I kind of know how to reframe stuff and help people. I've been doing that forever. Um, so as long as I can do an induction, I can go from there. So then I tested it out on my now sister-in-law. She loved it. And I started seeing people. I was worried I wouldn't be good. So I started off as I'll pay whatever you think it's worth because I didn't want to rip people off and charge them if I wasn't doing well. And people were paying me a lot more than I expected. So then I was like, well, if I'm that good, I should charge that amount. And it's just gone up. And I realized as I charge higher and higher rates, I've been getting people to be more dedicated to getting the help. It's been interesting. I wanted to remain cheap, but the more I raise my prices, the more dedication and more change people are making. Well, how would you sort of quantify that? How would you be able to, how, how have you been able to like personally measure that and say that's the connection? Of the prices? Yeah. Um, I feel like they just feel they've made a deeper investment because they literally have made a financial investment. So when it's, oh, pay whatever you think you it's worth, I'm getting people that just kind of want to try it out, think it's maybe a party trick, maybe it's stage hypnosis, just fill in their their day and maybe they'll pay $20. But when you're paying like $120, um, it's not the end of the world with money, but it is a good chunk of money. You better be getting something good out of this if you're going to be paying someone you don't know $120. And they have more dedication because they've put more investment in it, more time, more money. And with that, I've given them more homework. I've been more present with them, giving them self-hypnosis audio tracks that I'll make after our session when I realize their values and what they really want, giving them videos. And some of them will do it because they'll do the homework because they realize they've made an investment. They've made a larger investment. That's one of those aspects that I just have come to know and love so much, not for the purpose of, yay, they're paying us more. It's that the easy phrase that people throw around is that those who pay, pay attention. And 
you know, there, there is this balance to be had around, you know, still being accessible in ways to a specific audience and not necessarily letting it be um, the sort of hack response of going, oh, just raise your rates. That's all it is. Oh, you just raise your rates. That's all it takes. It's like, well, no, hang on. <laughs> and if you heard what Grant said here, it comes around to he's been adding more value along the way because he's seeing more value, not just in the financial spend, but also, well, they're emotional spend, their emotional involvement in the process. Have you found any specific sort of, you know, hurdles or roadblocks that may have presented themselves before that seem to have faded away as a result of now increasing the rates? Um, yes, I, I was getting people that weren't really interested in getting help. They just wanted to see what trance felt like. And so then they come with these suffering stories, but they didn't seem to really want to do anything on their part. They just wanted to sit there, go into trance and be faith healed, basically. And with raising the rates, they kind of listen more. So as I tell them, I'm not performing any magical powers, like you're doing the work, I'm just showing you how to get there. Well, they're listening more because they're invested more emotionally, they're invested more financially, and they deeply understand that. And then, then I'm getting clients that know they have to put in the work and they're happy to put in the work because it means changing their life. We were chatting before we started this and I mentioned someone that um, a group of us have kind of reached out to go, hey, we heard that you do consulting on this one specific topic. And the side note that's helpful to this story is that it's like eight or nine of us that have partnered together and got this person to arrange an event just for us, which is really cool. And we'll leave the specifics out for obvious purposes, though good luck guessing. Uh, <laughs> but I, I bring this up, though, because it's this big amount of money that each of us have spent. And so far, everything he's been sharing with us has been, well, it's sitting in the book that of his that I've got sitting on my, on my office desk right here. Yet it's the getting the questions answered. It's the getting the support. It's the sometimes getting that pat on the back that, yeah, you're doing this right. Keep that up. No, change this. You know, my playful definition is the difference between consulting and coaching. Coaching, let me guide you through an influential journey from which you make your own discoveries. Consulting, that sucks. Don't do it that way. Do it this way instead. And <laughs> there's always going to be this balance. And it's where, in part because of the spend, in part because of the time commitment, everybody's been showing up and people have been actually using the stuff. And the one person who goes, I'm going to send my assistant, we've already swarmed on to go, hey, this was your idea. Show up. And he's fixing things for that reason. I know you mentioned uh, a book that's in the works. I know you mentioned uh, several other speaking engagements. What is it that you're I'm going to generalize the question now. What is it that they would say you're the most excited about continuing to get better at? in this field, in this profession, within your skills, anything of that nature? Um, right now, I'm really excited about the, the business aspect, about growing more people interested in hypnosis and hypnotherapy, because that's the big thing. If you look up what people are looking up, most people don't really know what hypnosis is. So I'm excited to write a book that's not preaching hypnosis. It's just ways that have you noticed that you're living your life this way when you could be living it this way? And I'm doing speaking engagements where I show people what hypnosis is firsthand. It's more of just educating people is 
the most exciting part right now because it's such an interesting field. It's such a fascinating phenomenon that most people don't know what it is. And if they do know what it is, oftentimes they're not quite accurate. Well, you mentioned reframing, that of giving someone the opportunity to then see it through a new filter, through a more persuasive understanding, or even a way that directly applies to them. Uh, the same way that people who were following the story of the lost dog were then going, who is this guy? And then wanting to follow up and then connecting the dots themselves. Right, right. Yeah, reframing is everything. I think that's my entire job is reframing from an entertaining an entertaining tragedy and reframe their life into an entertaining comedy is basically at the end of the day what I feel I'm doing. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, this has been great and really glad we had this chance to connect and capture this conversation for everybody to hear. Uh, for those that want to get in contact with you other than waiting for the next Lost Dog, what's the best way that uh, they can find you, they can get in contact? So my website would be the best way. That's grantmepeace.com. It has um, not just everything that I can help with with hypnotherapy. It also has underneath a link with uh, medical tested peer-reviewed studies. And under that are images highlighted the percentages of how much it helps. So you don't have to dig too deep to know that. And then as you go further with the website, there's my bio. And then there are uh, upcoming experiences page. That's different events you can find me at. So you can find me at any different thing like the holistic fair, like I'm going to be doing a panel at one of the biggest conventions. Stay tuned for that. Uh, you'll be able to find out when the book comes out. You can scroll down lower to schedule an appointment. There's also my social media on there. So grant me peace would be the designated place to find everything about me. And that has dashes between each word, right? I actually got oh. the new domain. Yeah, last year they didn't have it. Now they do. Grantmepeace.com or grant-me-peace.com will take you to the same website. Oh, I love it. Yes, so good. I was excited. Oh, but now someone's going to buy it with the underscores. Oh, oh I got to get no. it. <laughs> I just cost you $9. <laughs> That's fantastic. And uh, yeah, great page with details on here and really nicely laid out as well. Uh, this is episode number 411 because Grant's got the 411 for you. <laughs> I'm it. ashamed I didn't think of that until just now. We got to um, redo the podcast. Well, I'm about to record a custom intro, so I'll just pretend it was my idea from the beginning and then we'll just pretend this part was... Um, Anyway, uh, but this has been great. I'd kind of ask you uh, two things to kind of wrap this up, which would be, uh, is there anything specific that you wanted to chat about that you'd love to share some insights on? Something that you often see people approaching from, you know, uh, an angle or perceiving to be a challenge that you see another way to resolve it, whether it's personal change, whether it's our hypnotic work or quite simply anything else you want to bring to the conversation. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm not quite sure given all this freedom. <laughs> Basically, uh, yeah, just as long as you're passionate about this, great things come. I didn't know anything when I started and I pretty much probably still don't know a ton, but I'm just so passionate about this. This is when I wake up, when I go to bed, it's nonstop hypnosis. As long as you're passionate about this, doesn't matter where you are, I think you're going to do great. 
Hey, it's Jason Lynette here once again. And as always, thank you so much for using this program in your ongoing journey, as well as your ongoing conversations in this industry. You just heard Grant's personal story of sharing a video of mine talking about the adaptations of the Dave Elman induction, specifically done for online work that was kind of our first indirect introduction to each other. And that's become one of the greatest unintended benefits of this. Hey, that's my lost dog story, I guess. I'm not trying to imply Grant is a lost dog. I am screwing up this metaphor, so we're going to keep going, though. Uh, you can find all the details and links to connect with Grant in the show notes of this episode over at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 411. And I have been sworn to secrecy, but I will say this. Uh, we will update the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 411 as the thing that Grant was not supposed to speak about and he didn't speak about in our recording. Is that cryptic enough for you? Uh, sometime September or October 2023. Come back to the episode and go to that page because we'll be sure to update with the very fascinating developments that... Uh, Oh, wow. This is amazing. You guys need to find out about this. And I was tempted to hold back the release of this episode until the thing happened. But still, it's like, no, let's release it now and build two audiences and point to this one twice. So check out the show notes forward slash 411 for all the details over at the WorkSmartHypnosis.com website. And again, head over to HypnoticBusinessSystems.com. In terms of the business of doing a hypnosis business... You can have these incredible techniques, you can have these wonderful strategies for change, yet what good are they unless you actually have people you're working with? Otherwise, it's a very expensive hobby. So stop guessing and use exactly what works. Check that out. Get all access pass now to Hypnotic Business Systems over at hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. We'll see you inside. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com. 